You're listening to the Gavel and Pestle Podcast with Darshan Kulkarni. The Gavel and Pestle Podcast, where the law of the land intersects with the business of pharmacy. Hey, this is Darshan. Just before uh, you listen to the podcast, make sure you remember, this is not legal advice. This is also not medical advice, and um, it's not construction advice, so don't take construction advice from me. Also, this does not create an attorney-client relationship, so don't be saying that I just gave you legal advice again. Talk to a lawyer who knows you, that can give you advice that's right for you. Thanks again. Keep listening. Welcome, everyone, to, to the newest issue of the Gavel and Pestle podcast. We have today Todd Yuri and myself, Darshan Kulkarni, and we're really, really excited to talk about the latest and greatest stuff happening at the, at the fusion of healthcare, pharmacy, law, and technology. Our, talk, our, our conversation today is going to be about non-compliance. We know it's a huge issue. We know that it's costing a millions, if not billions of dollars in, um, in costs, and we'll talk a little bit about what those costs are, but... Um, but I, we have Todd, who's going to be interjecting, who's going to be telling us a lot about what he's learned. Uh, but I really want to raise the issue because of certain things that have been happening. Um, let's first of all discuss how big a problem medication noncompliance actually is. So medication prescriptions, about 20 to 30% of prescriptions are not actually filled. Um, medication that you take, uh, it's not continued, even if it's prescribed, in about 50% of cases. The World Health Organization estimated that by 2020, the number of Americans affected by at least one chronic condition requiring medical therapy will grow to $157 million. Okay, so those are all big numbers. Well, what does this actually cost us? This costs us, that the, the not taking of medication costs us, costs us anywhere between $100 billion to $289 billion annually and costs about $2,000 per patient in physician visits annually. So, okay, so that's just money, who cares? Non-adherence causes about 30 to 50% of treatment failures and 125,000 deaths um, are all attributed to non-adherence. So obviously this is a huge issue and people have tried to tackle this. There've been several technologies out there saying, let's solve non-compliance. Turns out it's not that simple. A lot of companies have tried. A lot of companies have succeeded partially. Uh, a lot of companies have failed. It's, it's been crash and burn after crash and burn. Um, the the I remember in about 2013 uh, there were there was these there were these discussions about having pharmacies remind um, their patients about taking their medications. CBS was actually one of those companies. Um, as we all know, CVS is one of the larger, larger pharmacies. And uh, in May 2013, they um, said that they were going to stop using data from patient uh, prescribing drug records to mail prescription refill notices to patients on behalf of pharma- pharmaceutical manufacturers because of HIPAA problems. So HIPAA stopped a plan that CVS had about reminders. CVS said at that time that they were going to continue their internal prescribing program, internal prescription program, including refill reminder calls and a program through which customers can set their maintenance medications to be refilled automatically. So those things were happening. Um, but the good news is that three years after the fact, Walgreens has come out. They just released in September 2016, they released new data about two different studies 
from the company's mobile tools. And that's what we want to talk about today. Walgreens found that balanced reward members over 50 years of age had better adherence to antihypertensives, oral antidiabetics, and antihyperlipidemic medications when they self-tracked their activity, blood pressure, or blood glucose. So, okay, so was that like five patients, 10 patients? Did the data even matter? Six and a half thousand patients participated in the study. They looked at percentage of days covered and optimal percentage of days covered, and they noticed that it was better than or at least 80%. Activity track led to an 11.2% higher adherence for antihypertensives and 5.1% higher adherence for oral diabetics and 4.5% higher adherence for antihyperlipidemics. So is this the end-all and be-all solution? No, not necessarily, but it's better than what we have. And when we're talking about $250 billion in costs, every drop in the bucket has a huge implication. Darshan, this is just blowing my mind to listen to some of those statistics. And, you know, I've watched technology in the world of adherence uh, go from a controlled mechanism from person to person, from pharmacist to nurse to the patient's bedside because I started my career in institutional pharmacy. So controlling adherence in that closed environment was much, much easier. And even mm-hmm. at that, there was some uh, leakage. There was some... Oh, absolutely. Uh, and it was amazing to watch that. But then I entered the world of specialty, entered the world of community, and I saw these um, voice recorders automatically making phone calls to, p- to people in like the um, mid 2000s, uh, 2002, 2008. Um, mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden there was, you know, okay, let's start doing uh, emailing because emailing was a big deal and everybody wanted to jump on the bandwagon. And as you said, everybody, there's lots of organizations out there, technology, uh, PBMs, uh, buying groups who have start started and stopped, started and stopped. And I haven't seen anything really consistent with the world of medication adherence until the world and the advent of what is the mobile health side of things. And it wasn't until I really started paying attention to what is known as hashtag mHealth. And if you're Mm -hmm. a Twitter person like we are, uh, if you search hashtag mHealth, you'll actually be able to pick up articles, uh, people that tweet about mobile health, uh, organizations that study mobile health. And I ran into, about three years ago, the Avella team, which is a specialty pharmacy concentrating on HIV, and how they were dumping tremendous amount of investment and money into a mobile application that came out about two years ago. And then as a follow-up to that, they came out with a study which was um, in just incredible, called Improving Medication Adherence in HIV Patients Using Mobile Health Tools. And the savings estimation was $1.8 billion in estimated uh, savings that the United States could save, uh, avoiding uh, health care spending by addressing non-adherence in HIV populations. So specifically, the world of HIV. And I think this study, which I'm going to put in our show notes, really needs to be paid attention to uh, based on what we know. Medication adherence across all patient populations is indicated by studies which we've all read and known 
that one in three patients don't fill medications as directed. And the cost of that not adherence, as you've referenced, in U.S. ranges between $100 billion to almost $300 billion annually. Lack of adherence can be caused by a variety of factors, including physical, mental, social, uh, perception, logistical barriers, understanding, um, just having questions. And among those physical and mental factors, forgetfulness is a major challenge for patients, especially those taking multiple medications, as well as older individuals with memory issues. So I know me, Darshan, and, and, and I've talked to you and you're a busy guy. Just mm-hmm. remembering, I've started and stopped a multivitamin regimen so many times in my life that I've had no success in doing. And right. it's that start, stop, start, stop. So guess what I started doing? I started putting a, a calendar. I'd say to Siri, I'd, I'd, I'd press the old iPhone and I'd be like, okay, Siri. Um, Apple.com should be able to answer that question and more. She can't answer anything. But what's funny is, is if I asked Siri, I'd be like, hey, Siri, set me a reminder to take my multivitamin every morning. So let me hear what she has to say. And she's thinking about okay, it. Okay, I'll start reminding you. And she's going to remind me. Guess what time she chose? She chose 7 a.m. So it's amazing that it had to come down to the mobile phone. It had to come down with what everybody has in their hand or the majority of United States citizens has in their hand is that mobile phone. And I just... I just Todd, find it fascinating. I have a question for you, though. And, and I've been wondering about this. Yes, part of it is forgetfulness. But another part of it is just convenience. And what I struggle with is I've sort of done the same thing as you have, which is the whole multivitamin regimen thing. Often I'll go, oh, you know what? I'm in my living room. The pills are in the other room. Thank you for reminding me, Siri. I'll think about it. <laughs> and then it'll slip my mind again. Or... You know what? It itched the last time. I can't take this thing. I, does it really matter if I don't take one today? Maybe I'll just take one tomorrow or maybe I'll double up. How do we address those questions? Forgetfulness absolutely is a major problem and helps solve many problems. But how do we address these other issues? What do you think? I don't know because I think there has to be a combination of technology and, and service and people-to-people communication. Right. And – you know, in those specialty pharmacy environments, you always have that patient services that's very customized. But in community pharmacy, it's very, very hard and very expensive looking at your patient list of every single one of your patients that that's on a critical maintenance med to make uh-huh. a bunch of phone calls uh, once every month or once every t- two months or whatever it is. But I almost, I almost feel like there has to be a combination of technology and, and human interaction. So here, here's the point, Todd. You, you're absolutely right. So I think there are two parts that come with it. I think what you're talking about is the education piece. Then there's a, there's the reminder piece. And then there is the straight up a human connection piece. The problem is that who pays for the human connection piece? And that's where that's, the CVS thing I referred to, that's where it came from. The idea was who was going to pay for it. CVS at that, at that time had said, we'll have pharmaceutical companies pay for them. Because they want those drugs to be taken. It costs health the healthcare system money if they don't take it. So why not have the pharmaceutical companies pay for it? HIPAA prevented that from happening. They said that the loss is set up so that you don't you can't get paid for those services. So now what? How do we we have to struggle as a society with saying, okay, we want people to take these medications. We need to pay someone to do that. Who's gonna do it and for how much? 
and why? Do you think maybe there's a role for for patient communities to help each other? Maybe there's a gamification concept in there. Um, have we discussed gamification, or maybe we should dis- discuss gamification in the next podcast and how that might help something like adherence? Yeah, I mean, throw a throw a Pokemon monster out there and <laughs> to get somebody to take their meds, and it'll probably take place. It'll probably happen. Yep, here's an interesting idea. What if what if you put a Pokemon monster after every time you take a pill and you get a Pikachu every single time. Maybe I'll take my pills more often. <laughs> that, But my point is, I mean, we're making light of the situation, but, but the idea being, it, we, we need to have something more than this concept of you will feel better. We can't tell you why, we can't tell you how. I know you feel great already, but let's make you take another pill. This is the huge problem around preventative care, isn't it? You're preventing something from happening. So there's no there's no way for someone to feel better because they didn't feel worse. And we need something to help help solve that problem. And that's the multi-billion dollar, if not trillion dollar question. The interaction between patient, mobile phone, and whatever applications on there, and a service provider, a, a technician, a pharmacist, a counselor... Mm-hmm. I'm wondering with the evolution of our mobile technology and the now, 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 now attitude of today's human and how every, we want everything now, the immediate interaction or questions that could be asked through some kind of interactive mobile application and where HIPAA kind of ties into that, that you open up a channel after you've signed off on downloading the application that would give you live interaction if you wanted it asking questions about medication adherence, uh, medication food allergies, medication and medication interactions with someone at a call center or someone at some kind of hub that was kind of sitting there in a 24 by 7 role. They roll through different uh, people that can ask questions and then bi-directionally reach out to patients that you know are on some very, very expensive and critical medications that all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, they'd get a text and it would say, Hi, it's Marty at your pharmacy. Just want to see how you're doing. Wanted to check in on you and make sure that you're taking your medication. We know that it's critical. How you doing? And then they text right back at that time because everybody's addicted to texting. Hey, you know, hi, this is Todd. Uh, thanks, Marty, for checking in on me. Yes, I took my dose this morning at 9 a.m. And then Marty texts back. Oh, great. But, of course, that would all have to happen within this tightly knitted, secure application of communication between patient and care provider. But I think we're coming to a point that we have to stop automating things because automation becomes repetitious. And to comment on that Pikachu every time you you take your meds, if you did something like that every time, it would become watered down. And people wouldn't feel excited about it. And the same with this. So this would be fresh. This would be using technology. You could even use a GPS and and open up these lines of communication to let them know in an emergency situation where they could go for help based on the fact that Marty, back at the call center, has access to this person's phone based on given access. I'm not talking about intrusion. I'm talking mm-hmm. about you as the patient have already given up the notification that you're going to participate in this customized service. And then Marty could literally say, hey, there's a pharmacy you know, 
two blocks down the road from you, or there's a hospital nearby, or just in case some type of critical situation. But even if it wasn't a critical situation, the interaction with that call center or the interaction with that specialty pharmacy, interaction with community pharmacy, could really take place through the mobile application. Here, here's what I'm thinking about, Todd, and here's, here's the multi-billion dollar idea that I have. I think there are going to be multiple things that happen. Um, so the first thing that, that needs to happen is interop- interoperability. And what I mean by that is it's great that Siri's reminding you, but I think that sometimes you forget your phone. I think it'd be great if Alexa's Amazon's Alexa Prime um, reminds you and, and she goes, uh, Darshan, did you take your pill today? And I go, you know what? I haven't, I haven't gotten to it yet. I walk away from that. Siri reminds me. Darshan, just to remind you um, five minutes later, uh, did you take your pill yet? I go, um, I haven't taken my pill yet. I've just stepped away. Remind me again in 10 minutes, uh, Alexa. Or remind me again when I get home. Or remind me, whatever it is. And then when I get there, it reminds me again. The idea being, it reminds me until I say, yes, I took it. Or, it, or until I say stop. But the idea then becomes, if you do this two or three or four times, it sets up a trigger that maybe goes to, I don't know, my wife, my girlfriend, my my husband, whatever right. it is. Exactly. And then says, Darshan, you, uh, I noticed you haven't taken your pills three or four times. Is everything okay? Or maybe Alexa asked me that question. Darshan, you've been taking pills three or four times. How are you feeling? And I go, I'm feeling good. Or you know what, Alexa, I have a tummy ache. And that tracks it. There's there's no mechanism out there to collect adverse events in a live, consistent format. The the thing you have to do are these MedWatch forms. And if you've ever tried to fill one of those out, there there's so many questions. So that's why most people don't even fill them out. If you go and work in a hospital, you're, as one of the metrics, they actually ask you to fill these forms out. The only ones you start filling out are the ones that stand out. But if you could get it on a more consistent basis, that would be very useful. And the idea would be right now, there's so much information out there that doctors, pharmacists, and other healthcare providers are drowning in information. But I think what, what a better system would be, would be setting up triggers. So it's not that, oh, let's see if Darshan took his medication. The default should be Darshan took his medication. Let's now trigger when Darshan does not take, say, three pills back to back or three pills within a one week period. Then someone calls me and says, why aren't you taking your medication? Yeah. Oh, you, I think if those conversations start happening, I think right now the artificial intelligence that's involved is very simplistic, but I think it needs to take it a step beyond. It needs to go from a um, reminder system to a analyzing system that analyzes right. habits and, and each of those pieces. So. So the, I think the, the wearable is going to continue to develop and the wearable will be able to track someone's ingestion through other technology. And an example of that, this is real world, by the way, our own co-host podcaster, Harry Travis, is the mm-hmm. CEO of eTechRx. And eTechRx has developed a breakthrough wireless ID cap that you can put any medication in the world into this cap, you swallow it, the acids in your stomach activate power to this thing, and then Mm -hmm. it communicates with a wearable technology that Mm -hmm. you, in fact, have taken your medication and will send that notification back to your care provider, whether that be a pharmacist 
or a call center or a physician, but regardless, we now have the ability to really understand when something's been taken and if, in fact, it has been taken. And I see this technology blowing up to helping adherence, but also helping to to squash diversion, a myriad of other things. But I, I just find it fascinating. No, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think the technology is great for tracking. What I think needs to happen, however, is this whole co- concept of the quantified self and this whole concept of knowing bits and pieces. It's important that we first collect data, but I think we've gotten to a point where we have lots of data. And I'm not saying more data inputs aren't important. I think we need to start making sense of the data and contextualizing the data. And I'm really hoping, Harry, I, I don't know enough about his technology to comment, but is there any system out there that you know of that contextualizes this data in a more understandable format? Because the last thing I want as a pharmacist is to know that every one of my, I don't know, 200,000 patients took their medication. What I want to know about it are the 50 patients who didn't. I think Liquid Hub, as a matter of fact, who's been a guest on the Pharmacy Podcast, I think Liquid Hub actually does stuff like that. Oh, Um, cool. Maybe we reach back out to them for a follow-up show. That might make sense. That might be a great idea. So what other ideas do you have for upcoming uh, Gavel and Pestle podcast, Darshan? So I'm really, really excited. The other thing I want to talk about, and this is for pharmacists out there who are really, 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 really ridiculously good looking. Anti-pharma and the question of what are the next steps in pharmaceutical advertising? Hint, hint, everything's about to change. So stay tuned. We'll tell you more about that one soon. We're looking forward to hearing about that. And that is a fascinating topic because things are changing very rapidly. We'll talk about it soon. Thanks for listening in. I really want to talk to you. Reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at, at FDA Lawyers. You can also find me on LinkedIn at Darshan Kulkarni. And if you want to find me any other way, well, start with Twitter. But you can always email me as well. Darshan at conformlaw.com. Thanks for listening in. I'm really excited to hear from you. Hello, this is Rachel with the French Fry Podcast, and this week I'm going to talk about me spilling my French fries in the car yesterday. Okay, I spilled my French fries in the car yesterday. Next week, we're going to talk about me really liking the chicken nuggets at McDonald's. Bye-bye.